All right. All right. We are live on YouTube, the 192nd episode of the Mina's House podcast. I mean, to say what? I'm Shayna B. X Ducky. Shayna got the boobs out today. This is what we do. Since the summer is getting over, hot girl summer is ending. Girl, you've been you've had your hot girl summer. You've been traveling, got (laughs) boobies out. What is this? A new hair? Who this? Yeah, new hair, new hair. Who this? Hot What's girl, going on get, here? Listen, there's only so many days left of hot girl summer, so I got to live them out. I see. <laughs> listen, I'm not living them out. I'm back inside the house, Shayna. You are living them out. You just had the Sex in the City dress on the other day. Oh, that's right. I did have that yes, on. But yes. no, that was a party bus. So it was like confined. We went, we, we rented a party bus and all my friends, we went up to New York to celebrate my other friend. Well, they're kind of her friends that have become my friends. Right. <laughs> but um, so it was like part a good, of this wasn't your hot girl summer because it was my friend's birthday. <laughs> well, that was a hot girl dress. <laughs> you got that from the hot girl summer section in the store. <laughs> I did. I wasn't supposed to use it for that. I was going to use it for like a date with a guy. Uh-huh. But the guy's been acting up. So I'm like, I'm Girl, you're going to get you a day after posting that. Hello. You're going to get I'm a like, day. I'm going to wear this dress for my friend's birthday, period. Okay. So uh, we have a guest joining us today, Talent the Comedian. So, uh, you know, sometimes it'd be a little struggle with our guests. <laughs> so <laughs> hopefully <laughs> Talent makes it today. Um, remember Mama Jones? She like came on an hour late. Oof. Yeah, we love her. We love her. But we that was so much fun. Almost a whole show before we got Mama Jones on. Right. And then Moose lost his phone. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a struggle. So hopefully talent will join us on time. I did text him to remind him. So uh, we'll talk about his 30 years in comedy, which is incredible because he's been doing stand up for 30 years. So. That doesn't even happen a lot anymore. Yeah, so, that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll talk to him about that. But before that, let's hop into what's in our feed. Everything going on on social media. We're not going to talk about the crate challenge because I did it today <laughs> with one crate. And a dress. You did well. I saw you. I saw you with your baby crate. <laughs> mm-hmm. I found one crate and that's all I needed. I, I mean... People are going to Target and buying those crates where, you know, you're supposed to store stuff. That's not the crate you're supposed to use. (laughs) Listen, they saw them crates on sale for 99 cents. They're bored. They were like, this is cheaper than a flight to tell them. So I'm going to get on this crate. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, we're not going to talk about that. What we are going to talk about, though, is the fact that Sweetie and Quavo allegedly have been spending time together in New York. So apparently Quavo misses Sweetie after he repossessed her car. Um, He misses her, so he's been begging to hang out with her. They both conveniently were in New York, so she agreed to it, and they've been spending quality time on the low-low. Now, if they get back together, A, are we surprised, and B, are we judging? I'm not judging or surprised. Like I like they're young and I want them to have fun with it. The only issue is there was like domestic abuse, like insinuated and happening in this situation. And like that, if it was just the cheating part, it's like whatever. Like you can kind of get past that. 
the elevator video is what my issue is with this whole situation. Like, I, I kind of don't really want them to be around each other because, like, to me, that's a you got out of she got out of a very toxic situation, the cheating, the elevator situation. So, like, I, I just want her to be careful. Otherwise, I mean, I don't have an issue with them being together. Just just I just need to know that he worked on himself and she's not going to get into that situation again. Mm. Yeah, I don't think he had enough time to work on himself. And and honestly, I don't think she had enough time to heal. But I'm not going to judge him because obviously I've been in some toxic situations. So I know it's really hard to just step away from it. But to your point, Tex, I think that's my biggest issue is if it was just some things we all heard, but we saw the elevator video and that made us think, like, are there other things happening? And that would be my biggest worry and fear for both of them, honestly, because nobody wants to be in that situation, man or woman, man potentially putting a woman through that or woman going through that. So that would be my biggest thing is like, y'all haven't even had time. And especially because y'all in this celebrity light to heal and really get through maybe the issues that cause those things. But I'm not going to judge because girl, I done been there. So I yeah, can't right. judge. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised it happened this fast. You know, I, I, I would think more time would go by just because of how ugly it got. I mean, and look, when you're in a relationship, things sometimes get really ugly and people will do things to you that you thought you would never forgive someone for or that you could never get past. But like that was a very public embarrassment of I took the car that I gave you and, you know, then like her. I literally think I literally just said last month that the car, you know, the the car was like like being auctioned or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I just I just feel like it's a little bit too fast, you know? So I, I thought I thought that it would take a little bit more time, but I'm not judging either because that happens all the time. You know, you you say I would never take somebody back or, you know, you somebody violates you in a way where you're like, this is never going to work for me. But you have feelings for these people and it's really hard to just cut the cord. I think it's even I think they were together for three years. I think that if you can just cut someone off, like turn off a light and have nothing to do with them, I think that you might be a little crazy. And this is why I say this, right? Because how could you turn off your feelings? Easy. Like, yeah, I don't. You, you think it's easy? I don't think Very it's easy. Not I don't easy. know how to do it. It's That's what easy. I'm saying. Like somebody who could just turn off their feelings and and just be like, that's it. I'm never going to talk to you again after you literally had a relationship with someone for three, four, five years. Right. I just think that's not possible. And if someone does do that, I'm wondering, like, do you, I don't know. I just don't think that's right. I think it's going to be a struggle to get over someone that you've put some time in with. Yes, but I think, I think that, that if, if, okay. if your relationship with the other person ends because like you just you woke up one morning, it's like, I don't want to be with you no more. Then I agree that that's a little crazy. But if your relationship ends because there's like some type of like toxicity, there's violence, there's something like that. Cut it, it's easy to cut somebody off when they really, really hurt. I think it's two different things. I think it's maybe easy to I don't want to say easy in any situation it might be easier to end it. But I think the feelings are harder to get rid of. And I think it's when somebody knows you is sometimes we are in situations where we say, I have to walk away from that person. But do you really not care for that person anymore? I don't know about that. You can cut a person off and not talk to them anymore. Like you're still going to feel what you feel like. I'm sure they, that's why they're probably talking to them because you do still have those feelings. They're not just going to go away. But you physically talking to that person, I think that's possible to cut them off and never speak to them again. Feel I what you feel, but you don't got to say nothing to them. 
I just think like just me judging for my personal stuff, if it's someone that you just met and it's been a couple of months and it's very easy to walk away from that person cold turkey. I just I don't when I think about the significant relationships in my life and the ones that have lasted years. Right. It wasn't so easy to walk away, even if they violated me in ways that I knew like, okay, this is not something I can tolerate moving forward. Or like I knew like, okay, I deserve better than this. It's always been very difficult. If I put some time in, it's always been very difficult for me to just walk away like that. And I actually had a boyfriend that I was with for a couple of years, just like break up. And that was it. Like he, he, he like, it was like a light switch. Like we were on and off. And, and, and I, I just remember thinking like, are you emotionally detached? I don't know how you just like, just cut someone off that you've put years in with without any kind of like, are you okay? Hey, I'm thinking about you. Like nothing, nothing, no lingering interaction there. Yeah. I mean, I just I, I just quit a job that I had for five years and it was a little hard for me to do it at first. But then after it was done, it was like, yeah, I'm kind of done with this. Like, I you did it. It's different, though. Yes, I do yes. still think that it's hard. And because, again, you do have a relationship with whether it's your coworkers, the place you're at. I do think it's different, though, in this type of relationship. And I think for these young people in these very public relationships, they may attach to each other a little different because it's like you're in this life that. I mean, love and relationships are hard, no matter whether you rich, poor, you know, in between or anything. But that celebrity lifestyle, I think it takes up certain mindset and you might attach to each other a little different when you feel like, oh, somebody understands this life and the mindset and the things that happen and the gossip and everything. So it makes the bond almost a little stronger. I mean, I don't know, because I ain't in that lifestyle. You know what happened? Offset gave gave him the playbook. He was like, look, <laughs> this is what you got to do to get Sweetie back. You got to do A, B, C, D. I'm waiting for the public, like the public grand gesture because it's coming. He got the he got the plays from Offset. Offset already yeah. set it up. He's like, Quay, <laughs> you want to get her back? This is what you got to do. Oh, but be careful, sweetie, though, because what Offset does when he needs to get Cardi back is he gets her pregnant. So you better be careful. <laughs> oh, I'm about to say, it's going to be a new type, type of new car we ain't never seen before that he's going to get her to replace the other car. Right. But to your point, Dexter, you know, we don't know what's going on in the relationship. In the relationship. We just hope that it's healthy. She shouldn't yeah. be in no damn elevator crying, you know, over a man, not not a Bentley, not an elevator, not not in a house or in a mansion or nowhere, you know, so... Only they know what's going on and hopefully, you know, they, they can they can work it out so that they're in a healthy relationship yes. and we don't see Jay-Z Solange 2.0 again. OK, <laughs> um, let's get to Tory Lane. Speaking of toxic. Um, so he's gotten punished for violating the protective order. A California judge ruled this week that Tory Lanez did, in fact, violate his restraining order that Megan Thee Stallion had against him when he performed at Rolling Loud and Megan was backstage. So as a result, Tory's bail was increased from $190,000 to $250,000, which is chump change for him. And he does have to uh, remain far, far away from Megan. He cannot attend any music festivals, any award shows, basically nowhere where Megan can be. His lawyer tried to argue and say that he had no idea that Megan was going to be there, but come on, bro. She's on, she's, she's on the flyer. <laughs> like, what you mean? Right, that was definitely a lie. And, and Dex, I don't like your face. And, and, and the, this is BS. 
Well, I think it's BS that they the fine was literally only what sixty thousand dollars more for a millionaire. I don't think there should have been a fine at all. I think this is dumb. I think at the end of the day, like yes, like these are there's a situation happening between the two of them, and it's a very unfortunate situation. Which, by the way, she still never pressed charges about. Which she still never pressed charges on him, but you have a restraining order. Like if you if you're not going to punish him to the fullest extent of the law with this situation, then like why are we punishing him as far as like his music and stuff like that? The guy is an entertainer. It's not like he's some regular guy who's stalking her, showing up to con. He came to the same show that she's performing at because he was performing. The same way he would go to these award shows because he's probably getting honored or performing or something like that. Like you can't stop people from making money if people aren't going to go full throttle in regards to what they're trying to punish them for. If she goes and press charge and says like he did this and all this stuff and third then sure i get it but like that's not what's happening here he's still free to roam about because of her and it's dumb to, to like continue to penalize him when she's not even doing anything about it like but they're going to court for it dexter what do you mean she never pressed charges on tori's like megan never pressed charges on him ever but she that's what i'm gonna say did she file a restraining order or did yes, the county it's her protective order she, she, she filed but a restraining the order but she didn't will do it because of the charges there's no charges though it's just, they are going to court for it. Yeah, but she never like pressed charges on him or anything like that. No, That's she did. They're yeah, going to court for yeah, it. The, the municipality it will step in. They yes. will step in and they will they will put the protective order in place if they feel like she needs to be protected and they will be behind it. That's all yeah, I'm saying. But there's anyway, charges against think, him. I think the amount is ridiculous. I don't think that I do agree that they should be able to work together. But just like and I hate to say this, you know, there are sex offenders or different people that if they need to travel for their business, there's work that they had to do. Look at Meek Mill when he was and he wasn't a sex offender. Don't want to mix those two up. But, you know, when he was on probation, that's Nikki's other man. Needed, right. And he, <laughs> he was on probation and he needed to have shows. There were things that he needed to do for the court in order to do them. And I think, you know, unfortunately, the situation with this Megan pressing the charges, the county reinforcing them. There are things that Tory can do to get around them that he's not doing. And by saying stuff like, oh, I didn't even know she was going to be there again, just shows me you don't really care and i think this is just another way that regardless of what happened regardless of whether she's take the one behind putting the charges to the full extent you have to take the law seriously and there are steps that you have to take to put in place to ensure that you're going to be able to do and perform your shows at the level that you want to so if that means that tori needs to go to the courts and that he needs to say hey, I need to be an X award show and this and that, then that's the work that he has to put in. And I just think he should do it. But the fact is the fines are ridiculously low and they're almost laughable that they're trying to enforce it with these low fines that is like probably pocket change to him. It's a whole lifestyle to me, but it's nothing to him in the big scheme of things. <laughs> you know what, though? I'm kind of conflicted with the actual number, right? Because if they would have set his bail at a million dollars or something significantly higher, right? We would be like, oh, they're taking advantage because he's an artist and these these penalties are too high. But now that they're too low, we're like, oh, he makes a lot of money. Why would you make it too low? I just and listen, by no means am I team Tory at all like this. This man seems like King Petty to me. And I think he really needs a psychologist and a therapist to, to help him deal with whatever is going on in his head that makes him how he is. But um, but it's like. 
I I just think that it we would be complaining either way if they were over, uh, you know, if they were overcharging him or, you know, charging him a ridiculous amount of money, we'd be like, that's unfair. He's not being treated like everyone else because of his celebrity. And then the opposite of it, we're complaining as well. I just think when you violate a protection order, a protection order is real. Megan filed for that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like that needs to be respected. And this man clearly isn't respecting it. Like you knew she was going to be there. It's ridiculous for you to be like, I didn't know. The only reason you went was because you were trying to antagonize her by performing with the baby. You don't think he was trying to antagonize her? Why Dad, you, you know he was. That situation? You know he was. Are you team Tori? That's ill. I don't know. I, this is a hard one for me because I'm not. I'm yes, not he's he's he not a woman. Like, he regardless of her pressing the charges or not, he shot her. I regardless of like, was an accident. I feel like we're going harder than she is. That's all I'm saying, which I don't like. She doesn't need to go hard. There's charges pressed against him. They're going to court. She has a protection order. Why is she going to? You shot me. If, if you shot me, believe me, you wouldn't even have to worry about going to Rolling Loud because you'd be in jail. Immediately. <laughs> I would have said he shot me in the foot just now. This man shot me and everybody in this car knows it. And I just I don't know. I just feel like she just played with the situation for too long. I don't know. It's just kind of I think I just. But that she kind of came forward and said, you know, she was scared and all of these things. And I'm not scared. You know, and and, and to be honest with you, to be honest with you, one of the things she said is like black men are getting killed in the street. This is horrible to say, in my opinion, that I'm going to. But I got to say it. She, when she said black men are getting killed in the streets instead of the third, and I just got scared when, you know, because it's a black man in the car, whatever. If you shot me in the foot, if you shot at me or anything like that, I'm going to tell the cops you shot me. And if they kill you, they kill you. Like you shot me. You tried oh to kill me. Oh my God, Dexter. Like you can't try to kill me and then I try to protect you. Like Dexter, she's an artist. She She's probably more concerned about public opinion and the backlash than, yeah. than what's happening in her life. Like, yeah, let me fine. cover this up because of the possible repercussions of this and how this is going to affect my career. That's literally what she was thinking about. Like, th this is not her life, not her life that he tried to take away from her. But her career. I mean, that's I, why it's difficult to take this serious. It, but the reality okay, so is, I, regardless of how she, if she uh, responded, uh, you know, um, to the level of severity that you felt like she should have responded, the fact is she got shot. And it's like, there's no manual on how to be a celebrity and you got shot by another celebrity in the foot in a car while you're arguing about Kylie Jenner or whatever the hell you were arguing about. And it's like, there's no manual to handle that correctly. <laughs> like, do I cover it up? Do I call my lawyer? Do I call the cops? Like, I just, I, I, I get what you're saying, but I just, na for me, naturally, if you shoot me, you're going to jail and you might get shot. Like if the cop, I would probably tell the cops to shoot you if you shot me. Like, it, but you Zach, won't have remember that situation and we saw the video, how they had her get out the car. There were yeah, so many yeah. things happening. So I, I understand I, that you feel like after the moment she should have, but in that moment, she didn't know she was going to get shot. Like there was so many different things ha or shot again. I should say there was just so many things happening in that moment that we can look at and be like, oh, I would have did X, Y and Z. But we That's also true. learned in that moment. I, I do agree with that. I just want what, what's annoying about this is I want this 
this this case to be resolved and i don't understand i think they keep postponing it because of schedules and stuff like that and holidays and the pandemic that's what's going on here but because we're not actively reading about so and so went to trial there's a lot of people like dexter that don't think there are charges that are on the table and there are there are charges that are on the table and um they're both gonna have to go into court and tell their side with their witnesses and there's a protection order very much in place and i just needed to be this to be resolved you know i need to know what the conclusion is because that's what's happening people don't think there's an actual case there and there is and to be honest if you shot me and you're still roaming around free that would irk the crap out of me in general but there's a protection order in place and i gotta see you now because you violated the protection order i don't want to see your big head ass like go away you shot me like so i i think that the judge should have been more harsh with with the 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 penalty increasing bail by $60,000 is not enough and this man is lucky he didn't go to jail because the judge has the right to either send you to jail for violating a protection order or making you pay. So this is what he spends on a watch, not even $60,000. That's what he spends on clothes. So, <laughs> so it's like this is just a little slap in the wrist and I'm hoping that this is a warning to him for him to get it together and stay away from Megan until this is fully resolved. A damn shame. Uh, moving on, Kanye versus Drake. These two have been going back and forth for like 12 years. I mean, do we think this is real? I just, I, I, I know in the past it's been very real. But right now, it's just giving to me, it's just giving publicity for your albums is what it's giving to me. I was going to say, in the past, I did. There were times I thought it was real. But right now, it is questionable how Dex feels like he questions Queen B, and I don't know why. Um, I feel like I question both of them. Like, we're waiting on both of your albums, and now there's this, like, created beef hype that all of a sudden just resurfaced and reappeared. So I could feel like it's almost like team together to make each other, like, you know, boast each other up a little bit. I feel like it could be a little fake. But, you know, what Kanye did yesterday or whatever day he did it, and the address thing and the delete. I do feel like if that is Drake's real address, that's a complete violation. And just knowing how Kanye is and how he publicly is about information and family and celebrity, like that was really low to do that. I think that was completely wrong. I think it's real. I think they're like, they're not real friends though. I think they're two people who are connected to the industry. They're both hot, they're both popping. So like they want to be cool with each other. So that's why they have so much information on the other person because they are. But then like when something happens or they fall out, like they fall out like very, really hard because they're not real friends with each other. Like they're like frenemies. Like frenemies. Yeah. It's like, I want to be cool with you so forth and so on. But like, I don't really like you. And like, remember, Kanye West alleged that Drake slept with his wife. Kanye West alleged and Kanye West is the one who told Pusha T about Drake's child. Like they're really Kanye. Kanye says he didn't. But go ahead. There are things that have happened in this this friendship that is just like there's no coming back from this. Like we're never going to be cool again. And the fact that things keep happening, I think that they even with Drake and Chris Brown, remember, they had a whole beef or whatever. And Drake still tries to like hang out with him and stuff like this. I don't think Drake has any ill will towards people, but I think so many people I think he's done so many things to people that like he could be a little messy. And I think people retaliate towards him, but they do it very publicly, whereas Drake. 
kind of on the low with his stuff. I think the Chris Brown thing was different, though. And obviously, we know that what that was surrounding. And I think that's why that was able to maybe be kind of handled the way that it was. I think this with him and Kanye is more about the competition. That's about, like, going through it with a woman or something. And I do just think, to your point, there's no going back from dropping my address. Like, yeah, but Drake Draken- Yeah. Drake and Chris Brown threw bottles at each other in a club. Like it was physical. <laughs> they did. I don't think they did. Drake and Kanye have ever been physical. And remember, Drake also fought Diddy. Like right. Drake, they, they did. And, right. And, and they made up. And they're good. I was gonna say it might be the assault. It might be physical stuff. Is like nothing, but it's like this personal attacks about <laughs> privacy and information is deeper. That's I it. just does Drake have any real friends in the industry? I feel like. He fights everyone. <laughs> fights everybody. And then I, I, you know, I love Drake. He has sex with their girlfriends. Like, remember DJ Drama said yeah. that Drake had sex with his girl. And that's why he told Meek Mill the stuff about Drake. And that's well, how that beef started. <laughs> you know, now they're saying Drake was messing with uh, Steph Curry's mom. too. I don't know if there's any validity to those claims, but they were like he was involved in that. So it's just whoa, kind of, like, whoa, whoa. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's true, but they were saying it. And, and it's weird they're too. not going to put Drake in that. The weird part about it is you throw Drake into these things and it's like, is that true? Because you just don't put anything. Hey, Drake is messy. You don't put anything past him. <laughs> So he broke up the Curry's 30-year marriage? That's what they're saying. I don't know. <laughs> Who is they? The FBI? The Federal the FBI, Bureau of the, the Internet? FBI. Well, this I, is not going to tell me that Mama Curry was creeping with Drake. We're not going to put her in jail. Well, they are saying she was with a younger man. They're not saying who this guy is. So, like, it, I don't know. <laughs> Yo, if you've been married for 30 years, is it really worth getting a divorce? Like, why don't y'all just have I an don't open think marriage? So. Right. Because people are pushing this hot girl summer theme. And I really blame y'all girl Beyonce for this because her mom was like in her 50s or whatever. And and, and her husband was cheating on her. And Beyonce got her mom this makeover. She got her mom remarried. And it's like her husband you know, had a baby on her. Del Curry did not have a baby but, on Sonya. But I'm, I'm just saying that it's one of those things that I feel like when Beyonce did that and revamped her mom like that, women across the country looked at it like, we don't have to take this. Like, we really don't have to deal with this anymore. And now they don't. Okay, I love Beyonce, but Beyonce is not responsible for all the things that yes, happened. Right, that her father yes, did to her mother. Right, like, man, that's her fault. Like, no. I, I never have heard of someone say, I got a divorce that went to go find a new man in my 60s because Beyonce's mom did it. I'm telling you, that's what it is. <laughs> oh, my God. So I, I don't, I can't think of one friend that Drake has that doesn't work for him. Like, remember, he was friends with The Weeknd. Now The Weeknd won't talk to him. Um, he squashes I, a lot of beef, though, because then Mills squash their beef, too. But they don't yeah, really hang like, out. Like, he hangs out they with don't hang out. Players. No, they don't hang out. They don't hang out. He hangs out with the Kardashians and stuff like that. Like, he, Drake really is kind of like, he hangs out with whoever will hang out with him. Like, it's like whatever. Because, you know, you always like, these are your friends like because I used to always think Drake is like a professional groupie because it's like whoever's hot at the time he's in their face like he's in Daniel Kaluuya's face now it's like what are you in this man's face for now and it's just because you don't got no friends (laughs) look (laughs) our guest is joining us (laughs) late (laughs) but we're just happy he made it Because sometimes no, like our guest, our guest be a little struggle. <laughs> don't be like that, yo. Wait, he got the. Do you have the struggle Wi-Fi talent? What's happening here? <laughs> no, you don't see me. No, we do, we, but we don't we see, see you. Like, your hair. 
Oh no, no, that's the, the background. Hold on, let me. Oh no, put it back because now you you in your car. <laughs> I'm about to say he talent out in the put streets it back, like me. Talent. Oh, now, you, now you want my virtual background. <laughs> he out in the streets like me. All right. Let me, let me see how my Heineken can join. There we go. How's it? Talent is outside. Okay. Well, welcome, Talent the Comedian is joining the podcast. Woo! Woo-hoo. Talent, you know me. I'm Mina. <laughs> I'm Shayna B. I'm Dexter. Shayna B, what up? <laughs> and I'm Dexter. Yeah, sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> you actually met Shayna. Talent, yes. Talent did a comedy show. We were all there supporting him, and Shayna was there. She, yes. she had her titties out then and she got them out today. This is true. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> I don't know. Every time you she sees you, her titties are out. I don't know what's going on here. Tyler. It's not planned. It's not planned. It just so happens. <laughs> Listen, I never see your titties out, Shayna, but for some reason, the two I'm, times I'm, they I'm out, is here. No, don't, don't, no, don't titty hate. <laughs> don't leave, leave them out, boo. All right, all right. Look, I'm gonna drop it down. <laughs> Alan, are you married? No, not at all. Don't do that. Don't do that. Married. You start is you start is there a girlfriend? No, nah, none of that. Really? Why you say it like that? Like it's the plague, <laughs> right? Dexter, Dexter, me and you need a sidebar conversation. We need a we need a phone call after the phone call. <laughs> No, but it's, it's, it's not, I don't know, man. I think that this day and age, what I what I've grew up to know marriage as, that's out the window, yo. Fair. I can I mean, understand. Yeah, marriage is just the new go-together. It's so diminished now. Like even even the, the biggest celebs of celebs be on to the next. Like, like, you know, like it's nothing, it's nothing to talk to somebody and they say they've been married two times, three times, four times. I thought it was death to us through us part. I thought it was like your soulmate. I thought you planned on the rest of your life with this person, but apparently I have high hopes. Oh, your heart's been broken. That's what happened, right, Talent? We were just talking about the Currys right before you joined, 30 years of marriage. Yeah, (laughs) man, let me tell you something. See, those are the special ones. No, but they're getting divorced because apparently (laughs) Mama Curry slept with Drake. (laughs) See what I'm saying? Do not put Mama Curry and Drake's bed, but they are getting divorced. <laughs> Listen, after 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. I rest my case, Yana. <laughs> that, but that's that's how it is, though. Like, I know people like like when I grew up, you know, all the elders who were married, they had 40, 50. Somebody died. Mm-hmm. You know what right. I mean? Like right. somebody buried somebody. That was the real marriage. Nowadays. It's like, oh, that was my first husband. This is my second husband. But like some of my dudes that I know, they on their third marriage. And they be young too. And people our age, like really young, and they'd be like, Yeah, I've been married a couple of times. Like, what is that? Like, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm an old, I'm an old soul. So I grew up a certain way. And because it's not that way anymore, I accept it. I'm not mad at them. I accept this is the new thing. And I just don't want to sign up for it. Talent, so if you meet a girl that said or a woman that says, I don't believe in divorce, would you marry her? No. <laughs> All right, so so if you if you you know you have friends who've been married more than one time. So say you this is the third marriage for one of your friends and they invite you to their wedding, would you give them a gift? And would you go to the <laughs> wedding? Oh, I love weddings. Don't get me wrong. I'm not getting married, but I love that open bar. Okay. <laughs> he said, "I'll be there." <laughs> Dex, you sound. Know, I, I love that open bar. I go to. I average uh, probably four weddings a year. 
Oh wow, you do what? know a lot of people get married. I got I got a nephew next week on Friday getting married. I'm going there. I'm the the master ceremony and all that because that open bar is popping. <laughs> so speaking of 30 years talent you've been doing comedy for 30 years that is incredible. Woo! how do you stick around for that long and you're doing stand-up comedy like yeah that's hard Amazing. you're on the road you coming up with new yeah. material new jokes all the time like how did you stretch this for 30 years <laughs> you just got to be a nice guy to be honest with you like to sum it in the simplest terms you just got to be a nice guy. If if you don't have a lot of people talking about you're an asshole or you did something to them or you, you know, did something to tarnish your rep and it's comedy. So the, the easy part is it just got to stay funny and sharp. If you can stay funny and sharp and relevant on the stage and then a nice guy off the stage, you could be here forever. I mean, we're still we're still talking about Bill Cosby. Yeah. Think about that. We're still talking about Bill Cosby and him going back on tour and, you know, he's news. Why is he news 70 years later? You know what I mean? Like he's, he's known as a nice guy to most people. I mean, well, I know he, he wasn't so nice to everybody. Talent. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for I was going to say he was nice to me. Bill, concerning Bill Cosby. Like a lot of comedians that I talk to, they don't give opinions and they don't want to talk about Bill Cosby. Why do you think that is? Um, African-American I think what happens is the problem is this. We're in, we're in what I call the transformation of times, meaning most of us that are over, that are grown folks, 40 and older, we live one way. Society is telling us now you that that's inappropriate. You have to live this way. So you grew up on Cosby. We all know. We all know and loved Cosby and what he did for the community. And those people in politics and civil rights movement, they even know more. Like they know that Cosby was the funder of the civil rights movement. Like they purposely kept him from walking and marching with them because he was on the inside and they needed some, a guy on the inside and they needed it to be financed. So Dick Gregory took that for the team. You know what I mean? He, he shut his comedy down to be that guy in the civil rights because big bill was bigger. You know, he was, I spy. It was like, you keep doing that. We need you where you are. And we'll handle this. We may need a few dollars for hotels for people and bail people out of jail because they kept arresting the protests and all that. But that's why people are they're caught at a crossroads. So they'd rather say nothing than to say, oh, I agree with it. He didn't do nothing or it's wrong what he did or whatever the case may be. I mean, me personally, I'm never scared to talk about shit. I mean, the bottom line is in his day and time, that's what they were doing. Yeah. The women yeah. who pretty much put themselves in the position. They had ulterior motives. There, there's no uh, talent. Let's not do that. Listen to me. Listen to me. Talent. When you look at the women, there are no women in there. Uh, there's, there's no librarians. People who wasn't looking for something from those parties. These people was in those uh, Playboy mansions in certain places, hotel rooms, two, three in the morning, and certain celebrity parties for a reason. I'm sorry. It, if the truth hurts, that's the truth. Like when you're looking for something out of something. And you don't get it. Hey, I mean, you have a right to be mad. I think so. I mean, that's some of the women, but all of the women have a different story. And the first woman, Andrea Constant, definitely was not at the Playboy Mansion and she was not partying with Bill Cosby. She so. wanted to, she needed something out of Bill. If you look at the full story. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to look at the full story of that one. Full story <laughs> and do the due diligence. She and. was looking for something out of Bill. And on top of that, you got money in the settlement. 
Yeah, she definitely yes. got something out of him. Let's too. just put <laughs> it out there. Andrea never wanted to press charges. They made her because she exactly. got what she wanted. Let's just put that out she there. Settled, she settled for a settlement that was supposed to not be disclosed. They got her back. They found loopholes, brought her back for that story to be relevant for that to, to for that prosecution to take place. So you can't tell me she wasn't looking for something. Yeah, but she had to go to civil court because they wouldn't press criminal charges on him. The the, right. the prosecutor wouldn't do it, but not not because there wasn't any evidence to 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 have them press charges and do the full scale investigation. He chose to just stay away from it because it was Bill Cosby. So because what is the not, woman supposed to do? It, it's not prosecutable. Do you understand why Bill is out? Yeah, because Bill they promised out him because it was not prosecutable he had them put that in writing and they submit they they submerged and hid that information to prosecute him anyway that only reason he is out is because that paperwork came to light right it's a technicality the prosecutor promised not to use anything that he said in the civil case in in the deposition for that promised him not yeah. to use it in a criminal case and then they came back and use it in the criminal case but he did implicate himself in that civil case that is a fact. I, why are we talking about Bill Cosby? Like, coming out. It irks my damn nerves, okay? Oh, Bill, Bill. <laughs> but, Talon, let's talk about you. Yes. Let's, again, going back to your 30 years, as Mina said, I had the opportunity, you know, Sherlock Homeboy, who's not on right now tonight, he's probably doing a real estate dressed as Sherlock Homeboy right now because we've been seeing what he's doing on the internet. And you were so funny i was dying laughing not only because it was hot but you were so funny it's just like i mean does how do you just continue to generate your material is it just like life and what's happening and you know or you just naturally just like that well i mean it's my material is always been once you figure comedy out the biggest i didn't even want to say secret because it's not a secret the biggest thing about comedy and people and laughter is relatability. You have to relate to the audience, no matter what the audience is, no matter what you're doing, what what region you're in. The more you relate, the more laughter is going to come because that's that's what you know relatability is. I say something you can relate to, you laugh if it's funny. Um, so for so long, you have to pay attention, and a lot of comics don't do that. They get in what I call. Uh, you ever drive long distance and you put the damn car on cruise control? That's lazy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You don't want to. You don't want to work your foot no more. You don't want to. You, you want to press that button, hold the wheel, sit back, relax. Your foot stop working. That's just lazy. Comics do that in comedy. If they do it a certain amount of time, they get lazy and either the material becomes a monologue. It's the same monologue over and over and over again. And everybody know we're people of color. People of color are the most demanding audience you can be in front of because the way their lives, you know, their livelihood and the way they live, they demand more. When a black person spends $30, he expects more than the white person. White person like, oh, that was cool, man. Cost 30 bucks. Black people are like, Nick, <laughs> I spent $30 to you. You bombing that, son. I've, I've seen dudes approach dudes who bomb. After that thirty dollars was spent and get them in the corner, no disrespect, bro. You owe me fifteen back. <laughs> I'm gonna let you keep fifteen because I ate and had a couple of drinks and I met somebody. But 
I'm gonna need 15 back on the jokes. <laughs> That's a fact. How often do you recycle jokes? Like, I have to think you write a joke and you're like, this is a good joke, but you want to use it. But how do you know you need to redo your material? Well, the thing about a, a true comedian is the joke is never done. Even though the joke could be funny as hell, the more you tell it, the more pieces you're going to find to add to it, take away from it. You'll find where you got to trim the fat off, what we call trim the fat off the joke, maybe too long to get to the punchline. And you'll mm-hmm. find little tags that go with it and stuff like that. And then with me, what I did is I got I got creative with uh, with the seasons, right? I have this thing with the seasons where one thing that's going to stay the same pretty much is we're going to have fall, winter, spring, summer. So I create seasonal jokes too. That when I, when we're in that season, I talk about those seasonal jokes. Instant relatability because we're in the season. So if it's a hundred degree day and I come to the club, a man hot as hell, and go into my hot season stuff. You're going to relate and it's going to feel like so fresh, like I just made it because you're relating because it's hot that day. When in actuality, I, I spin that back around next summer, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> so Listen. With, with the younger comedians that are coming out, like it's it's interesting that you say you have the seasonal thing, because I think a lot of them have bits that they, they go to bits for them as well. And one of the biggest ones that I've seen with guys lately is like dressing as women. And like a lot of comedians, especially older ones, like they don't like it. They have a big issue with it. What do you think about that? I was never a fan of that. Um, You know, it's I mean, to each his own. I don't want to knock the guys who do it because I think that comedy is subjective. And what some of us find funny, some of us don't. That's why everybody don't think Kevin Hart's the funniest guy in the world. Everybody don't think Chappelle's the funniest guy in the world, even though Chappelle's a genius. He's an acquired taste. Um, you know, you will sit to me if, if Chappelle's on stage for an hour and a half, I may learn more than I laugh. <laughs> the point. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. that for comedy, that's it. That's you're not the funniest guy. Are you brilliant? Absolutely. But are you the funniest guy? Mm, probably not, because I only laugh three times an hour and a half. You know, what I mean, like LPMs is real. Last per minute. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if I spend money, like I had a conversation with somebody earlier in an interview and, you know, he was talking about people who sit on the stool, like the late great Paul Mooney, you know, stuff like that. Most people who sit on the stool and do their comedy, it's aggravating to me. You know, don't get me wrong. There's a couple of exceptions to the rule who pull that shit off. But for the most part, I'm sitting there like the person in the audience. Like, I feel like you owe me $15, bro. You ain't even standing up. <laughs> You're not going to walk around or nothing? <laughs> right. Simulate a sexual act? Something. You know, right. Like, right. Stand up in your outdoors, stand up in. We're all standing up. You're you going to sit down. <laughs> sit down, comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's like the funniest guy you ever saw in your whole life? Like the best comedian? You could only say one person. If I could say one person, um, it, it'd probably be a woman. Um, Carol Burnett would probably be. Wow. Wow. Yeah, she was. And the reason why she had all the dimensions. Um, So she was easily like the funniest person, like just all around. It's like when we talk about sports, like all around players, she was all around player. Um, If I had to just go with just stand up, it'd probably be J.B. Smoke. Oh, you guys kind of favor each other, too. We're from, the same, we're from the same projects. That's what happened when you live by the <laughs> It rubs off. Start looking, 
Y'all look alike? When you look by the incinerator, you start looking like each other. <laughs> <laughs> that project heat. <laughs> how did you how did you do comedy wise during COVID? Like a lot of people were trying to change things up. What did you do? Well, I got very lucky. Um a, because I was in New York area. So we immediately, we followed the restrictions and listened real closely. And we were able to kick off that drive-in thing, the drive-up thing. We were the first to set that tone. And eventually, you know, it got so big, we brought it to Philly and, and did the Citizens Bank you know, Arena parking mm-hmm. lot with a couple of thousand cars with Michael Blackston, myself, Capone, uh, Jazzy Jeff was the DJ, uh, Teray, you know, it was a crazy thing that. where we sold out, you know, the parking lot. They had it in the big jumbo screens and everything. But we were able, you know, being East Coast, being New York Tri-State, we were able to get creative with that outdoor thing. And then, thank God for uh, climate change and global warming, because it stays warm a couple extra months. <laughs> so you can do that. <laughs> we, we did that all the way up to New Year's. You know, that was the last day. It was cold as hell, but we made it, damn it. So we just got creative and then they slowly started to come back with the indoor stuff. You could do 25 people, you could do 50 people, you could do 75 people. And we worked it with that. Like if we can only do 50 people, okay, we're just going to do it four times. You know what I mean? We're going to do four shows, two Friday, two Saturday, and we made out 200 people. Yeah, that's smart. I didn't realize you were involved in that drive through stuff. That's why you've been in this for 30 years. <laughs> like it, yeah. you're, you're able to pivot really fast. And like, you know, that's really important, especially during such a like weird time where people didn't even know what to do, you know? Oh, it just got weirder in New York because starting in a uh, two weeks, I think in two weeks, maybe yeah, two weeks now in New York city limits, you got to, to go into a restaurant or a bar. You have to be vaccinated. Yes. So yes. We go again with our outdoor creativeness, because if we have an outdoor venue or a parking lot or something like we've been doing, that doesn't apply. But if you take them into a restaurant or a bar inside, it applies. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to ask you that because I, you know, working in events and I work in events, we kind of talk about how when the pandemic first happened, it was like okay, a two three year plan. But some of this looks like it could be four, almost five ish, like. What are you guys thinking ahead in, in terms of comedy and stand-up comedy? Will you continue with the drive through trends? Will there be hybrid events? Like, are you guys, are, are you thinking that forward of, you know, how do we continue to do things successfully and safely? Well, I mean, we're going to get creative. Like, that's, that's the one thing we, we build our brand on, man. We, 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 we stand on top of that. We are, we, we're going to get creative. Now that we know, and we did it a year ago, we're going to do it bigger and better if we have to. And also, you know, now they, they're getting on spaceships going to the moon. So we can go up there <laughs> and do some things. He will go with Jeff and Jeff in the line up to the moon. <laughs> me, me, Jeff, and his side chick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I met Talent through radio. Um, when I was doing morning radio and one of our, like, hosts were out, I would call Talent. And talent would come and like do the show with me. So we got really close. And like yeah. I know talent has been in some rooms, like some com like really big comedy rooms, really big radio rooms. So you don't have to say names if you don't want to, talent. But I'm wondering what is like the wildest fight between celebrities that you've ever seen? 
Because I know you've seen the fights, Talent. I know it. I can feel oh, yeah. it. Man, I've seen um, the, one of the wildest things is uh, this is a guy, my man, Crazy Sam, speaking of radio and, and video music box and all that. Uh, Crazy Sam, uh, you know, and his people beating the shit out of TK Kirkland. Uh, <laughs> uh, shoot, I got a couple of chokes under my belt. Um <laughs> You know, I, I choked a couple of people back in the day. I, you know, it had to. Like when you when you're young in this, like stealing jokers, like stealing a joke is like like raping my sister. Right, like, right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the biggest. That's the biggest crime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Young in the, like now I'm 30 years in, so I had to realize that I'm kind of the blueprint of this thing. So I can't go into a comedy club and not hear a little bit of town isk. You know, so I, I kind of give a little leeway now. But when I was young and thriving and hustling and trying to make my way and, and to see a guy just take a whole bit like and have no regard, that's the biggest F you somebody can give you in comedy. So I got to choke you a little bit and, and stop your air a little bit so for you could come to realization like, well, maybe this isn't the guy to steal from, you know? Wait, who did you choke? Another comedian? Obviously oh, another comedian. Who? Three. I choked two or three comedians. You know what's funny is I don't even have to choke comedians. Like, I realized I was funny enough that if I'm on the side of the stage of the show and a comic disrespects me, like, on the stage with their time or jumping the list or, you know, just doing something stupid, when I get the microphone, I'm going to say something that, you know, I'm going to get you back verbally. And I've done that to two or three people. They ain't spoke to me for years. (laughs) I said something about Cheryl Underwood one time. She ain't speak to me for two years. I said something about Eddie Griffin. He ain't speak to me. He still ain't speak. That was 10 years ago. <laughs> you know, I mean, sometimes, but you have to, I tell people, I don't start no trouble, but I will defend myself all day. Who? What's the most famous phone number you have? Like, if you look through your phone book and, and, and it's like, this is the most famous person that I know, like, like who is that? You know, um, damn, I got a lot of numbers. Like, you know, I called, you know, Bill Burr is going to be in Atlantic City. I just, Text Bill Burr, like, I need two tickets for my people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's it, the real thing is the people who have your number. That's what be blowing my okay. mind. Like, I was in the, I was watching, <laughs> I was watching Hulu, catching up on one of them shows, and Ghostface Killer called. What? I ain't never, I ain't never called Ghostface Killer in my life. Right, right, right. I know him, I met him, but I ain't never, hey, man, how you doing? Never, ever in life. And all of a sudden, hey, brother, what's up? Uh, who's this? This ghost. Ghost. I'm, so I'm thinking of from power, show. right? You like power? Is it I was like, "Oh, what's up? I need you, man. Thanksgiving. We doing something. Stand down about." I was like, "Okay." And I hung up. I was like, "Yo, that was crazy." I was gonna say, but, as a comedian, you don't ever think somebody's played a joke when you like when they call you. You like, do you oh, think it's like one of your friends? All the time, like, like, but see, I don't. You know what's different in this day and age? Like, first of all, I don't even use the voicemail no more, right? So yeah. back in the day, they would they would leave like voice people who could do voices. They would leave those voicemails. They'd get you. But now I, I don't check voicemail. You either texting me, I recognize them or not. You know, or I, I can hear your voice and see if it's the funniest story of that is Dion Cole. I, you know, I still laugh. He tells me he was drunk when I tell him the story. There's a book out called. Uh, Black history of com- black comedy, mm-hmm. and we all got inserts in there. They, you know, they tapped all the comedians to say certain things. So they asked him <laughs> the question they had uh, Dion Cole with was like, "Can you name a, a situation where you think set black comedy back?" And this dummy <laughs> said, "When Whoopi 
wore a white face and Ted Danson wore the black face to the party. <laughs> so so bust it. Again, this is Deion Cole's here. Whoopi's here. Yeah. <laughs> Whoopi tracked this Negro down. Like she Whoopi don't have to talk to this guy. She's Whoopi. Yeah, but she yeah. tracked this dude's number down, finally got it from Donnell Rollins, and she kept leaving voicemail. This is years ago. She's like, yo, this Whoopi, call me back. I really need to talk to you. Call me back. So he kept hearing the voicemails and he said, T, I thought it was one of our comedian friends that could do a good <laughs> Whoopi. So he never calls back. So she finally catches him on the phone and he said, at first, same thing. I think somebody playing, but he says she's talking. She's so irate. He was like, yo, this is <laughs> And he said what killed him is, what threw him off is, you know, this one of his icons, so he got the utmost respect, but she sound like a straight street girl from the hood in Philly. Keep my name out your mouth. I'll punch you. And he was like, he said, when I realized it was Whoopi, he said it's the stupidest sounding call because she's punking him Cursing him out, every bitch ass nigga under the game. And all he keeps saying is Miss Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> but Miss Goldberg. Yeah, he's Goldberg. Like, like, Calm down, Miss Goldberg, please. Let me let me explain. Miss but Miss Goldberg, don't give me keep my name out your mouth. I smack shit. I understand, but Miss Goldberg, but Miss Goldberg, <laughs> yo, that's the funniest thing ever because of his respect for her. It's wow. weird because like that story it kind of reminds me of something that I do, which is like like he low-key was trolling when he said that about her, like not really taking it too serious, or whatever. What do you think about that though? Like the trolling culture now, because that's a thing that's kind of like really getting in the way of comedians. Like there are people like you who study the craft, and there's other people who get their laughs off of trolling other people. And what do you think about yeah. that? Well, I mean, I don't pay it no mind. Like my thing is this, like, if people pay attention to that and 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 like change their swag or their subject matter, or how they move and talk as a comedian, you're not a real comedian. Like, all this, what's what's what, what's appropriate or inappropriate, that's, sub, that's subject to the individual. Okay. So if you're a comedian and you feel this way, you feel that way. Like, just because they the, the new society, they, they're going too far to me. They're going in the dictionary and changing words. <laughs> like, my daughter, I got a daughter in college, right? We had a nice, long... I drive two hours to Springfield University every time she goes back to school. And we be having these damn crazy-ass generational conversations. So she gets mad at me because, you know, I, I tell her, I said, I'll be the first to admit to you. A long time ago, oh, yeah, I was super homophobic. I would, I'd be the first to admit to you. I said, but now I'm good, right? You know, hey, it is what it is. So if you say anything against it, you don't have to be scared of it anymore. Phobia is the fear of. That's a real word. That's a real root word. But now they changed it. So anything you say against it, that's homophobic. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you say, well, you know, I don't like those guys over there hugging like that. You homophobic. I'm not scared of them. I just don't care to look at it. It's not my lifestyle or whatever. But now that and if you look it up, they changed it. See, I must be too young because I don't remember when it was just you're scared of something. Well, I mean, the root <laughs> word me, is it well, was oh yeah, I see what he's saying. Okay. Yeah, phobia is a fear of yeah. is the fear of arachnophobia is the fear of spiders. Spiders. Yes. You look up any fear it, it phobic because phobia, that's what it means. That's yeah. what you get it. But now I have tr- reptile phobia. I'm like scared of snakes, like although I got snake print on. Yeah. <laughs> Talent, it says you're worth $14 million. Is that true? That's too low. Who put that there? 
<laughs> Who is these people? Who is these people that just put a tag on it? When I Googled you, it was like net worth 14 million. I said, oh, wow, talent's doing well. <laughs> yeah, but what people got to realize is, you know, it's funny. I, I do this tour, the New York Kings of Comedy. And one time, yeah, I go, I going to mention which comic, but one time we, I'm trying to, I try to school them sometime on business tips. And one time the comedian was talking and I was like, see, this is why you're always going to be a thousandaire, bro. And, you know, you're not going to be a millionaire like me. He said, millionaire. I said, dude, I made three million a year in radio and I've been on radio 10 years in New York and Kiss. And he was like, you got three million for radio. I was like, "Uh, yeah. He was like, yeah, whatever. I said, you know what? I'm not going to sit there and argue with you. Like, I don't need to do that. I take my money. I invest my money. I own restaurants. I earn, I'm on my third comedy club they're building in Niagara Falls. Like, I don't just stay on this side of the gate. I get on the other side of the gate and get my hands dirty because yeah. you're not going to always be doing this. You're not going to be always, you know what I mean? Like, your crowd grows with you, whether you like it or not. You know, and when I'm 75, my people who love me the most are going to be 75. <laughs> they're not coming out. They're going to be rolling in. I'm going to be the king of Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> so you're worth 14 million dollars wow i think it's more than that like when you when you put your worth in and you cashing out like your net worth you're probably in, in more in the, the 20 realm because you got to add it but see the thing is they probably don't have all the businesses stuff they would know yeah yeah they, they won't know that because it don't say talent you know it might say uh at 11 restaurant it might say robin Hood. It might say family entertainment like it's so many different things going on Wow, it's pretty oh, yeah. accurate. <laughs> Listen, for so for the New York Kings of Comedy, I saw it was on coming coming to Netflix, or is it on Netflix? What is going on with that? It's coming. The pandemic, of course, like everything else, slowed our roll. Um, we would have shot that last December. Well, yeah, last December we would have shot that, and or would have been out. We would have shot it probably September, October. It would have been out in December, but that whole year you couldn't bring people together. You need people together. And, you know, we're going to revisit it again in 2022 and see what we can do because some revamping got to do. All the paperwork got to get done over because everything's particular now. It's just like, what's my girl, Scarlett Johansson? The deal, yeah. she, cut, she had to sue them because the pandemic changed that whole deal around. She's like, yeah. oh, yep. yeah, so same thing yep. with us. we got to go and restructure. So if God willing, you know, in the next fall in 2022 to be done. That's incredible. We gonna see you yeah, on congratulations. Netflix. Look at you. You yes, about to congrats. be worth fifty million. I, <laughs> I, I will become your wife. I don't believe in divorce talent. <laughs> You'll have me forever. <laughs> Listen, Listen, I'll pop out a couple kids. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, know, people, people ain't shit. Pop out a couple. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll pop out like right away. You sound, like, you sound like a Pez dispenser. I'm a pop out dispenser. <laughs> what? You have a child, right? He's a comedian too. Yeah, my my oldest son is uh, three years in comedy. I got six kids: three boys, three girls. Oh, I'm oh, not wow. popping out no kids. That's a lot of kids. <laughs> you got even, six? She changed her mind. <laughs> My gun works. It's, this ain't the Harlem Nights. <laughs> this ain't the Harlem Nights. This ain't that. <laughs> this is... <laughs> 
Wait, who? shoot the whole club up. Shoot the whole club, the club, the train station, the after party, the speakeasy. Not the speakeasy. Wait, how many baby moms you have, talent? Two. Oh, that's good. You yeah, did good. I did very, I did very good. My kids are, uh, you know, the oldest twenty nine, the youngest thirteen. Nice and spaced out. Like I said, everybody in college except for uh, the 13-year-old, she's starting high school. She's the last one. And we had done Diddy. Oh, nice. And only one is a comedian? Yeah. Uh, one that, you know, and the good thing about it is he went in on his own. I didn't have anything to do with that. As a matter of fact, I, I didn't even touch him or talk to him for a whole year because I wanted to make sure he was serious, you know, because right. this is, this is Pops, you know, your whole life your father was a comedian, mm-hmm. you know? So he's good. That must be hard. You trying to tell jokes and your dad is like critiquing your joke. Like, no, do it like this or do it. No, like it's that. easy for him because he's funny. Like, <laughs> put it this way. He's three years in and he's way better than I was three years in. Like where he is now, just on three years, it probably took me five or six. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Wow. So it's, it's something yeah. Like he, he's so dope with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Shayna's having a good time. That means we we should wrap it up. Shayna's been at the bar the whole time. We're listen. Out. It's not my fault. We were in traffic. We got here late. We had a plan. I was supposed to be home by seven thirty. It all didn't didn't happen. Yeah, what's up with traffic today? What's going on? Yeah, it was really really crazy. So it's not my fault. Shana, well, we, Talent, we, what we, do you got? Good. Just your dedication. We appreciate it. Oh okay. no, I appreciate it. Definitely. I don't have the talent because after his wash rag joke, I have not been able to look at my wash rags the same. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know what's crazy? It's funny he said that joke because it's it's the truth. Like I wash my face with white wash rags, and then I got the yes. colored ones for everything else. Yeah, I tried to I tried to prove myself wrong, and I and I washed up yesterday with a white rag wash rag, and I thought about talent literally as I was doing it, and not just because I knew you was coming on the show today. Because <laughs> things. Scared to look at makeup. They'll look at makeup. Oh my God, that's too much makeup. But that ass <laughs> So, Talent, you're going on tour. How? What can they? How can people? Like, what do you got coming up? What? How can people find you? Well, I'm. I've been constantly out on tour. The New York Kings are back out. Um, you know, we, we we're touching going with the dates because obviously COVID. We want to. We don't want to put too much up and have to shut it back down. So, right now, we're going to North Carolina twice we got charlotte we got greensboro we got detroit we got texas coming up um you can find us you know all over the you know our social media because it's talent capone uh rob stapleton and mark Vieira. everybody's you know under their name on ig uh my twitter is at it's just comedy uh if you're on facebook new york king talent you can go to new york king's comedy tour as well on all of those uh social media outlets as well and check our dates out man we're everywhere all right. And you're coming to Netflix hopefully soon. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you so much, Talent. We appreciate you. Congratulations nice you. on 30 you. years. OK, stay, thank you. Stay beautiful, people. Thank you. And stop yes, shooting up the club so <laughs> <laughs> and the speakeasy. We're going to put you in VIP. <laughs> he said bye, bitches. He said bye. He said, I'm about to go shoot up this after party now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Uh, thank you to Talent the Comedian. That's the 192nd episode of the Mina's House podcast. I mean to say what? I'm Shayna B. Out in the place to be. <laughs> Dex Ducky. 
All right, guys. Talk to you next week.